Hey, welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Worship Christian Church in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Apostle Robert Enos. This is where we talk about the issue the church faces and how the church should respond to those issues. Here we will talk about doctrine, theology, politics, social and cultural issues, and how the church is to deal with these things. So get ready for a large dose of truth and get ready for the tables to be flipped. Here at Table Flippers, table flipping is what we do. I'm finally back. I was extremely busy for the past few days, wasn't able to put out a new podcast, which I apologize for that, but I'm back. And today I want to talk to you about something that is has actually been a problem for many, many, many years, especially what I have personally seen in my own lifetime. And I want to deal with it because it's something, quite frankly, that each and every one of us should face so that we can deal with this and fix it. I'm doing these podcasts not just to point out problems or issues with the church, but to point out problems and hopefully bring about some creative uh, ideas and solutions of how we can fix some of these problems. With that, I want to touch upon something, but I want to read something to you first before I get to this. And this is Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5. It says, a woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all who do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. Now that's in Deuteronomy 22, 5. This is speaking clearly against, uh, culturally, what we might call that transgender LGBT uh, mindset, where we have men especially running around dressing like women and dancing, gyrating in a perverse, disgusting manner. But it also talks about women who are dressing or looking like men. That's equally an abomination to the Lord. Now, the reason I bring this up is because not only is this a big issue in in our culture, in our society today, but so few in the church are willing to speak about it. Why? The only thing I can bring it down to is really fear. I mean, they might call it whatever they want, try to hyper-spiritualize it. They don't want to offend. They don't want to say anything rude. They don't want to be mean. They just want to love, 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 love. You know how disgusting we sound when we get that stupid, ladies and gentlemen? The reality of it is Christians don't want to address these things openly because of fear. They're afraid. They're cowards. And especially those in our pulpit. Now, I did not come on here today to just talk about men uh, looking like women or women looking like men per se because I want to address an issue in the church but it does have something to do a principle in Deuteronomy 22:5. I also want to look at before again before I go on with this 1 Corinthians chapter 11 I'm going to read to you verses 14 and 15 but if you want to look at this a little bit more closely in your own studies and such Read verses 4 through 15, 1 Corinthians 11, 4 through 15. But verses 14 and 15 says this, Does not nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a disgrace for him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her glory, for her hair is given to her for a covering. Now again, this is very interesting in light of Deuteronomy 22, 5, and what we're seeing in the world today. So just a brief note on verses 14 and 15 out of 1 Corinthians 11. 
it does distinctly and directly speak about men with long hair. That's wrong. Women with uh, shorter hair. Uh, that's wrong as well. And it says, does not nature itself teach you? <laughs> teach you this, that it's a disgrace for a man to have long hair. Now, I want to touch upon this because some cultures have longer hair than others. So it's not just having long hair by one culture's standards. Okay. Um, it's more about the, fem the feminizing of men or making women masculine. That's more the idea behind this, that men are supposed to clearly look like men and women are supposed to clearly look like women. Women are supposed to be feminine where men are supposed to be masculine. And there comes a point that with a man, his hair uh, can actually make him look feminine de depending on the style and even the length. I remember years and years and years ago, I was probably 18 years old, so that was a long time ago. And I was uh, at a uh, Dairy Queen of all places, waiting to get an ice cream. It was I was out on the street. It was one of those ones you walk up to the window. And as I was waiting there, I turned around and I saw this, what I thought was a woman, about five foot three, long black hair, had a, uh, and I, she grabbed my attention because of the big dog that she had next to her. And it was a really beautiful looking dog. So I said, man, that's a beautiful dog. And when the person turned around, it wasn't a girl. But the way the person was dressed, it, not that they, that this guy had a dress on, but he was wearing a certain type of shorts that women typically wore of that era and that age. He had long uh, black hair that was just styled very feminine, especially for that age. And um, it surprised me, it embarrassed me. Uh, when this, this guy turned around, I realized it was a man. But that memory stuck with me for a long, long time because of the nature of it. It sickened me because as an 18-year-old boy, uh, I was, you know, thought I was a ladies' man. Not that I was trying to pick up on this particular girl. I really was about the dog. But it, it just set in me at that time. I could have tried to pick up on this person and then turn around and say, guy. I mean, that would have sickened me. So my point, again, on all of that is, this guy clearly crossed some lines, whether he meant to or didn't mean to. Maybe it was completely accidental on his part. I don't know because I didn't know the guy. It was all about his dog. But he clearly crossed some lines that even for that day and age were, was culturally and socially unacceptable, at least in most circles. Now, today it's not, but it still should be. Because as the Bible says here, both Old Testament and New Testament, I'm going to put that in a nutshell. Men need to be masculine and look and act like men. Women need to be feminine and look and act like women. And they should not look so close to one another that you can't tell them apart. That's a huge problem and a big no-no as far as God is concerned. And it should be a big no-no as far as you are concerned, especially you, pastors. This is some of the stuff you should be teaching from your pulpit. This is the, some of the things you should be preaching about from your pulpit. And I don't mean just brushing over it or just slamming it in some weird way. I'm talking about getting down to the nuts and bolts as to the whys and the hows and everything and preach about what God really says about these things and why even today it's still considered an abomination. And please, don't anybody out there think that just because I read Deuteronomy, 
which is Old Testament, Torah even, that, oh, well, we're, you know, we're under grace now, no longer under the Old Testament. We don't have to follow that. Listen, stop being immature. If that's your mindset about anything in the Bible, stop being immature. Stop approaching the Word of God like a little brat who just wants his way and says, I will, I will pick this, but I won't pick that because that's all that comes down to. Because the Bible is very clear. God does not change. The Bible is also very clear. His Word does not change. So if His Word doesn't change, God doesn't change, Deuteronomy 22.5, men not dressing like women, women not dressing like men, is just as much for us today as it was for them at the time it was written. So don't play that immature little baby game that a lot of Christians get into and try to say we're under grace, a grace that you don't even understand. We're no longer under law, law that you don't understand. You don't understand those types of dispensations with God if that's the mindset that you're in. Everything in the Bible from Genesis 1-1 all the way to the end of Revelation is pertains to us today. As much as it did when it was first penned, you've got to understand this and you've got to know how to not only accept it, but to put it into your life. I'm tired of hearing people say that thing. Oh, we're no longer longer the law. You know what the Bible clearly teaches in Galatians? Please go study it and look it up. That if you are truly under grace and no longer under the law, because the Bible does teach that, it's because grace helped you perfect and become master of even the law. That's Galatians. But most of them, most of our pastors and most of our preachers um, don't, they just skip over that gloss over it, can't even see it. Why? because they like the grace message because of the garbage in their own lives that they have to hide. So that the moment somebody starts push, pointing something out in their own lives that they don't like, hey, I'm, not, uh, I'm under grace, I'm not under the law, quit being so legalistic, you're a Pharisee. That's where that comes from and that's what that is birthed from. People not wanting to rise up and get their life cleaned up. So they develop all these fancy and cool little uh, doctrines that aren't really biblical. They're not really in God. They're doctrines of demons that excuse away their sin so that they can look okay and feel okay about the sin that they're still in. That's where that comes from. Now let's get back to this idea of men dressing like women. I'm focusing mostly on the men in that sense because that seems to be, at least in my opinion, a bigger problem, although both are problems. When men dress like women, when women dress like men, God is not happy with that, especially when it's found among his people, especially when that's found in the church. You know, uh, statistically, and this has been a, st a statistic for many, many years, that church, in general, is a, uh, any, and you can go to any church in America and in really most parts of the world and find this to be true. That churches are in attendance are 70% women, 30% men. Now, some churches do a little bit better, some churches a little bit worse. When I say better and worse, I mean there's not a closer to a 50 50 uh, um, percentage wise there, you know. And we're talking about adults, not children. 
So I want you to think about that. 70% women in your general congregation, 30% men. And for those of you Christians out there that you attend church regularly, which you should, think about your church. I can almost guarantee you that, yes, that's the same issues that you face at your own home church. 70% women, 30% men. So the question I would have to ask is, why aren't more men coming to the church? Why is it more about a 50-50? And I can tell you why. This is a, actually a problem that I've realized even as a little kid growing up in church. There was nothing, growing up in church, there was very little for the men to feel comfortable with. Everything was geared at the women. Now I know some of you are going to go, no, that's not true. No, that's not true. I'm telling you it is true. I watched this with my own eyes. I witnessed this. And it took several years after being an adult to be able to put all those pieces together and put my finger on it. But it wasn't too difficult, which made me realize that if I can figure this out as a little kid growing up in church, why aren't our pastors and church leaders figuring things out and doing something about it? Why aren't our elders in the church figuring this out and doing something about it? Why isn't church members, and I'm not talking about the person that's only been there for a very short time, but the people, I've known some people that have been in the same church, multi-generational, their families have been there several generations, they've been there their, most their entire life, their children have certainly been their entire life, and it, the, the same problems that they faced literally 50 years ago are the same problems they're facing today because nobody wants to look at it, and certainly nobody wants to fix it. And what is one of the one of the biggest problems, at least from my perspective in churches, especially looking at that 70-30 ratio, it's the feminization of our churches. Now, I want that to sink in for a minute. You, statistically, go to a church that was made primarily and designed primarily for women on every level and not men. I want you to think about that for a minute. Whether you agree or not, I want you this to process with you in a moment. Look at what we've done in, in our culture, in our culture. And the reason I bring up the culture and not just the church is because the culture is creeping into the church and the church is not creeping into culture. But what do we have? We have this thing called the feminine, uh, feminist movement where they're no longer feminine, but they're feminists. And it started out okay. It started out good. You know, the feminist movement started out with just trying to get equal rights for women. I'm all for that. I'm 100%. So if, if, uh, if that was still the feminist movement, I would be a supporter of it. I'm not a supporter of the modern feminist movement because now what they want is what they want, and they don't care about men. As a matter of fact, they'll say they don't even need men. And uh, I have a big problem with that since I'm a man, and I don't like to be unwanted or unneeded. And if I am unwanted, unneeded, I'm going to go somewhere else. Now, that whole movement and that mentality and that mindset has crept into the American church, for sure. And much of the American church has been feminized. It's designed and created and aimed at for women. Now, at this point, a lot of people might say, well, if there's 70% women and only 30% men, we're going to minister to the people that are in our pews. So it will be more feminine. And I'm telling you, the reason why you only got 30% of your overall congregation is men is because it's been feminized and real men don't want to go sit under that week after week, month after month, year after year. 
because real men are still masculine and real men want to be some place that speaks to them as men and to their masculinity. They don't want to sit there in the powder puff room. And that's what most of our churches have become, the powder puff room. There's very little, if anything, really that speaks to a true man. I'm not talking about males, a true man, someone who is masculine. So most churches are made for women, and they don't even realize it. Most churches are decorated by the women and for the women. Now that might seem like no big deal because women are better decorators. But often, when a woman is done decorating something, and ladies, I'm not trying to put you down, you do a phenomenal job. But often you miss the mark when it comes to your men. And, and if you've decorated your home, your man most likely has already has to deal with feminization at home. Do you think he wants to go to a church and face even more of it? Why do you think more and more men have what they call their man caves? And when the women walk into the man cave, that all they do is complain because it's a man cave. But the reason they like their man cave, and that man cave might be the garage with tools hanging on the wall and a tiny little TV set, and a bar stool that they sit on. But that's the place that they feel like a man. They don't want to go into a place that's foo-foo. So you foo-foo pastors, you foo-foo churches, why don't you, you know, get, become a man? Anyways, let me go on. Most churches minister primarily to the women. Some might say that's because, again, the women is filled with women. But that's the reason why there's only 30% men there. Because all all of it's aimed at the women. It's too soft. It's too sissy-like. It's too feminized. It's too fluffy. Try doing something and saying something for the men. Most all the ministry functions of the church are aimed at women. I remember growing up, every week there was a woman's Bible study and there was a woman's prayer meeting. I don't remember there being a men's Bible study or a men's prayer meeting. Again, some of you might say, well, we tried it and the men didn't come. Well, probably, because I've seen this happen, when you try that and they show up, you still do the foo-foo stuff that the women are doing, thinking that's the way it's supposed to be done. Jeez. Sermons on Sunday, even they tend to be feminized in nature, feminine in nature. And I could, I could tell you this. L let me just tell you again, from my own personal perspective of what I've seen and witnessed, Pastors, have you ever, come on, let, let's face it, all you, all you church folks, let's talk for just a moment. Let's be very, very, very real. Let's be very real. What we've seen in our churches, again, like I, I grew up in church. I'm 55 years old right now, so I've literally been 55 years in the church in one level or another. And what I've watched and what I witnessed was the guys that were more masculine, the guys that um, and I'm not saying you have to work construction to be masculine. You can be a lawyer, you can be a doctor and be masculine. I'm just telling you that that is, in that sense, culturally, the guys that worked outdoors tend to be a little bit more masculine than the men that work indoors. They would come and they would wear some decent clothes, but it was usually a white button-up shirt, maybe some khakis and some decent um, shoes not always a tie, not always a jacket, but they had calluses on their hands. Their arms were uh, uh, brown because of being out in the sun, things of that nature. 
and there was something different about them. They were men. And then you had the guys that thought they were better, just to be honest with you, three-piece suit, really clean, and they would strut around, and they had real soft hands, no calluses. I'm just saying that there was these clear differences. So even the men that wanted to be at church and they were more masculine, they would come in, they would do, say a few highs, hellos, goodbyes, and they were gone. The other ones were the ones that were hanging out with the women, and they could have, hold a conversation with a woman. They had the gold necklaces, the gold watches, the gold bracelets, the rings on the finger. And they could have a carry on a conversation with a woman, but they couldn't carry on a conversation with the men. They just couldn't connect with them. Why? Because they were feminized. The preachers were always soft. I remember that. Always soft. Even when there was work day or cleaning day, they wouldn't show up. Or they would just show up just to say hello, maybe eat some lunch, and then leave because they were too soft. I remember one pastor even saying, and I, 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 w- I would like to help, but I've never done this before, and I'm afraid, I'm afraid I will tear up my hands if I pick up that lumber or if I pick up that hammer. To which, you know, I'm thinking as a little kid, uh, maybe you should, but if that were to happen today, well, maybe you need to man up and tear up your hands a little bit. Maybe you need to get some calluses on your hand. You know, and I said this years ago, and I made some people mad, but I'm going to say it again. I don't really consider you a real minister of Jesus Christ, five-fold minister, pastor, uh, prophet, evangelist, apostle, teacher. I don't really consider you a true man of God in in that regard if you don't have calluses on your hand. Because what that tells me is you're afraid. You're too afraid and too soft and too feminine to get down, get dirty, and work with the men of the church. I remember as a little kid that the only time the church was full of men or when the men would show up to church is when they had work day. They were doing a major project at one of the, at the church I grew up in, a major project. So every Saturday that they would have a work day where all the men would come together and do construction. And did you know there was men that would show up for construction day? At as early as five o'clock in the morning on a Saturday with coffee thermos in hand, tool belts on, ready to work, and many of these men, at least half of them, didn't even go to the church regularly. Maybe their wives did, but they didn't go regularly. They might be there Easter and Christmas, but when it was work day, they showed up. Why? Number one, they finally felt wanted and they felt needed. Number two, they were finally doing something at that sissy church that men can get their their hands into and get dirty in and say, this is mine, and point to and say, I was part of that. Men will show up for that. Men will show up when you actually have something in the church and at the church that speaks to masculinity and to men. They don't want to show up to no foo-foo. The same church that I grew up in, we had a softball team, and it was a fast-pitch softball team. It was almost like playing regular baseball. And our, our fast-pitch softball team was the best in the league. It was fantastic. It was phenomenal. And one of the reasons why is because the men that, for the most part, I'm not saying all, but many of the men that attended the church didn't want to be on the softball team because they were too soft. So a lot of the men that didn't necessarily go to the church, like the guys that would show up on construction day, those guys wanted to play. Because why? They were doing something masculine. 
They were doing something that spoke to them. They were finally able to be part of a church group and a ministry of the church where they could be a man and not have to apologize for it. As a matter of fact, to be that good in that league, they had to be aggressive. We call that toxic masculinity today. But what we called it back then was a winning softball team. All those guys that showed up for construction today, toxic max masculinity. What we called it back then, getting the job done and getting the church built. Now, could you imagine if they had some ministries in the church that actually spoke to that same area of masculinity in these guys that wanted to uh, do construction and wanted to play this on the softball team? What if week by week by week by week, maybe if the sermons were, weren't so sissy-like and so feminized, maybe some of those guys would feel more comfortable going to that same church with their wives. Maybe if they had a, a men's prayer meeting and a men's Bible study where they where they taught on those things, like, guys, it's okay to be a man. It's okay to be masculine. If they did that, I'm, I guarantee you, many of those men would show up. Maybe not all, but many more than just the 30% that they had. How do I know this? Let me tell you about a church that I know of. GWCC, that stands for Greater Worship Christian Church. Now, I know of this church. I'm very familiar with this church. The men of this church are truly masculine. They're real men. And the women of this church, they're truly feminine. They're real women. When you walk into that church, you don't have a problem telling the men from the women. The men look masculine. The men look like men. They dress like men. They act like men. They talk like men. And the women are truly feminine. And they're women. They're ladies. They're beautiful. They look, act, walk, and talk like ladies, and there's not a lot of mix in that, in that sense. You can clearly tell who the men are. You can clearly tell who the women are. There's truly the feminine side with the women and truly the masculine side with the men. Now, why? There's a whole bunch of reasons, but one of the things is, is because the head of this church, <clears throat> yours truly, I don't put up with all that feminine fluff coming out of my mouth. That's what I have the ladies for. My wife and Pastor Adriana, she's the pastor of our church, and my wife together, they do a phenomenal job ministering to the women. They do a phenomenal job of bringing in that femininity for the ladies to feel comfortable and at home. And myself, Pastor Abraham, and a few of the other guys, we do our job to make sure the men feel at home in their masculinity. We don't have a fluffy church. We don't have a soft, sissy church. We don't have a feminized church. Now, I'm not saying there's nothing feminine in the church, because as I said, the women feel comfortable when they have their meetings and they get together and they have their ministries. As far as I'm concerned, it could be as feminized as it wants. But I've even told them when we have the men's meetings, if you ladies want to come and decorate, do not ever decorate it like you would the women's meetings. Think men. And if you can't figure that out, ask me or ask one of the guys. Um, over the last few years, the guys started going camping together. And when I say, when we go camping, I don't mean just like some fluffy little place, like uh, getting a, a cabin somewhere or something. That's fine. That's cool. Most of us do tent camping. We, we sit around the campfire and we poke fun at one another. We do things that men do. I'm not saying sin, just things that men do. It's masculine. A lot of the guys 
are into shooting, so they go shooting together. Yes, they actually own guns like men, and they go shoot their guns like men. And what the beautiful thing about that is when the guys started doing that, a lot of the ladies started saying, wait a minute, I want to go shoot a gun. So a lot of the ladies now have their guns, and they all go together, sometimes as family. But it started with the men, because the men were allowed to be masculine. The men were allowed to do this. Nobody put them down because they wanted to go buy, own, and shoot a gun. As a matter of fact, it was encouraged. Why? Because men thrive on those types of things. The camping, the shooting. A lot of us go off-roading together every now and then. As a matter of fact, not too long ago, earlier in this year when there was still snow, a bunch of us went snow camping. We went off-road. We went as far as we can go until the snow got too thick, and we pulled over, and we made camp, and we camped in, in the very cold, snowy area and weather, and we had a great time. Men doing men, things that men want to do. Again, even at our church, when there's a work day, we're building something, we're constructing something, or even just cleaning things up. The men come out and help. Why? Because it's not foo-foo. They get to come with their work belts on, with their hammers, drink their coffee, cut up, talk at one another and all that, and build something. And then at the end of the day, when something is built and it looks beautiful, they get to look at it with a sense of that. And it's a righteous pride. Look it. I was part of that. I was part of that. We built that room. We built that building. We did that. And there's that camaraderie that men thrive on. They build one another up in the oddest of ways. They can all be working together, cutting up, making fun of each other. But when it's the, the job is done, they're building one another up. And they all have that sense of pride that we did this together. We, the men. This is not a mystery and it shouldn't be a mystery. I still don't know today why so many of our churches are so feminized. I go into some of the churches and I just sit there. I'm so uncomfortable. And I've been in the church, like I said, my entire life, 55 years, I've been leading a church for the since 2000. My wife and I pioneered the church in 2000. So 22, 23 years ago, we pioneered the church. We've been in ministry since before we were married. And I still get uncomfortable in most churches because I walk in and it's like Sissyville, Girlyville. And, and ladies, again, I'm not trying to put you down. That's great for you. That's wonderful for you. But for a real man, that disgusts them. It turns their stomach. They feel odd. They feel strange. They don't want to be a part of that. They want to connect with other people that can connect with them, other men that can connect with them. That's why in healthy churches, some of them will have like a motorcycle, uh, dirt bike clubs, or shooting clubs, camping clubs, four by four clubs, biker clubs, things of that nature that can grab their attention, even golfing clubs and things of that, that's maybe not 100% for men only, but it certainly is something that they can go and feel like I excel at this, I'm number one, I'm important, and I'm connecting with people of like mind, like heart, like spirit. They go into most churches and they sit there and they're, they're thinking, I can't wait to get out of here to go on my bike ride up, to, uh, up into the mountains. And they don't connect with people because they don't know that there's anybody else in that room that feels the same way. Especially when they go shake somebody's, some other man's hand and it feels like they're shaking their wife's hand. That little limp wrist, soft skin, pansy kind of a, a, a um, handshake. Yeah, I've got a lot of those in churches. By males. Never by a man, but a lot of males. I'm telling you what 
what was written in Deuteronomy 22.5 about men not wearing women's clothing and women not wearing men's clothing and not crossing those lines, there's a principle in there. And we need to clean house and allow men to be men and make some things for them so they will want to come into the house of God because they feel like a man there. And we need to have some things that are clearly feminine for the ladies. And there's enough room, there's enough time, there's enough days in the week that we could do both. And pastors, quit being sissies. Seriously, quit being so soft, quit being sissies. Preach like a man and preach to the men. Preach like a man and preach to the men. Talk about the things that men need to hear. Quit being so soft. I want you pastors right now, put out your hand and feel it with the other hand. If you can't feel some calluses, maybe you need to go start hanging out with some real men. Work on a car. Build something. Go shoot something. Become a man. Because until you do, you're going to be staring at women. And every day that goes by, you're going to become more and more and more feminized. And my concern is that when you get to heaven, Jesus is going to look at you and call you Susan. Instead of by your real name. It's time to man up, church. It's time to man up and allow men to be masculine and be, and be real men. And ladies, you be real women. Y'all be blessed. Thank you for joining us here at Table Flippers. I would love to hear from you. You can find my contact information at www.gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Please let us know how we are doing. I look forward to hearing your thoughts and comments. Have a fantastic day.